beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. <laughs> And you have 10 things to tell. Each episode has a prompt and a topic that I want you to take to your journal or text to your best friend or answer on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. Today's question. How do you connect to your body? And on this episode, we have a guest, our very first guest on the show, the very first time you won't be hearing me thrown on and on. I've asked my friend and Pilates teacher, Curry Campbell, to have a chat with me about connecting to your body. Curry was also my first guest in the Mind Body series of my other podcast, Smartest Person in the Room. And on episode 22 of that show, we talked specifically about the practice of Pilates. Whereas today, I want to talk more about the general topic of being disconnected from your body and how seeking a better relationship with your body can be spiritual and exciting and doesn't have to be demoralizing and critical. I wanted Curry to be the one to have this talk with me because as the owner of the Pilates studio, the Pilates Body Shop here in Los Angeles where I go, she is the one who taught me that A, I wasn't actually living in my body, that I was very disconnected for a long time and I didn't even recognize it, and B, that it is possible to forge a reconnection and that doing so opens up whole new parts of this life. Now, Curry and I recorded this episode weeks ago at the beginning of the calendar year, and so that is why multiple times we reference January gym culture or New Year's resolutions around fitness. We are obviously well into February now, so do me a favor, go ahead and look past that. Today's prompt is how do you connect to your body? But you can really only answer this as long as you're not 
disconnected from your body. And I was disconnected for a long time, years really, after the birth of my two kids. But it wasn't only pregnancy and childbirth that left me numb. It really was years of taking my health for granted, general neglect, and buying into a story that I wasn't the type of person who exercised. In this episode, Curry and I talk about how to know if you're disconnected from your body and how to change your mindset towards reconnection and motivation that isn't self-critical. For the record, I still don't traditionally work out, but I have fallen in love with movement and the way it makes me feel in my skin. Walking, stretching, massages, sex, meditation, There are so many ways to improve your mind-body connection that do not involve cardio. I still have a long way to go myself, honestly, but I have been beating this mind-body drum for a few years now, and towards the end of the episode, you'll see why. Believe me when I say that I know that talking honestly about our bodies can be a scary thing. Most of us, women especially, have been taking in messages about how we should or should not look or feel in our bodies starting at our earliest memories. And then our life experience adds all kinds of baggage to everything else we get from a culture obsessed with youth and weight. But now let's take the first tentative steps towards addressing our body's disconnection and reconnection. In our journals, with trusted friends, or on social media, let's discuss the miracle of our bodies and what movements make us come truly alive. So you and I had a conversation for the mind-body series of Smartest Person in the Room like over a year ago, and what we really talked about on that episode was mainly Pilates, like actually the practice of Pilates and what it was doing to your body and all of that's amazing. I highly encourage anyone to go back and listen to that episode. It's the first episode of the Mind Body series. But kind of what I want to talk about today is more just about connection, disconnection, reconnection to your body. Because while Pilates was my personal conduit for that reconnection. There's like lots of ways that people can find that. And so even though you also teach Pilates, I know that this is just something that you're really skilled at diagnosing and seeing and speaking about. Mm-hmm. So it's the beginning of a new year. A lot of people have like fitness goals. <laughs> Why are you laughing at that? Because I, I think that's one of the things we associate January with, right? Is that is is fitness and fitness goals, and that's what we sort of culturally associate January with. But like when you're in the industry, it's actually it's it's a totally different thing. January is is not that month for most of us. So why you don't see like a huge influx of I'm going to sign up to do five days a week now? <laughs> no, I think if you were to go to the gym, like which is sort of an open forum. Um, there's these jokes about people being like, okay, my favorite um, elliptical machine always has somebody on it now. And you have to wait people out until February mm-hmm. when they sort of drift off and get back to their older lives. But January and February are actually really slow months for my industry and my business in particular. Um, Why? I think, number one, people start out at the gym and then they come to us by March, whether it's because their resolution per se, it, they still want to make it happen. And 
they've tried to just show up to a gym and make it happen and it didn't work and they dig a little bit deeper to find something else or basically have a a personal connection to somebody and have to show up and be responsible for coming in and working. But I think there's a process that we go through at the end of the year and we go through January and we actually start to reassess like what it is that we want. And I think a lot of people want to lose weight and that's why they start that. And that's why that resolution doesn't work rather than changing themselves and their lives and their relationship to their bodies, which always works. You think it always works if you, if you are aware enough to know you need to change your relationship, then you can. Yeah. I think that that, if that's your intention, you can do that just by stating that intention that's far more achievable than losing weight. Because losing weight is such a big, giant concept. Like, I have lots of thoughts on the losing weight concept. Because essentially what we're saying when we're saying, I want to lose weight, is I don't want to be who I am. And we're not looking at that and saying, like, oh, I don't want to be healthy or I don't want to have better cardiovascular because it does it for my heart. We're looking at ourselves and saying, I don't like what I physically see. I don't like myself. And I know that that motivation works for some people, but over the years I've found that people, when they're motivated by that, aren't as successful as when they're motivated by, I want to get out of pain. I want to feel a bit better about myself. I, I want to know this, this body that I'm living in a little bit better. Those tend to be journeys that you get to go on rather than goals to achieve. We're also so not objective about our own bodies. I went to therapy a few weeks ago and told her how terrible I looked. Like I was like, my skin is bad. My hair is bad. I'm very, very unhappy with how I look right now. I look in the mirror and I don't recognize myself. I was really going on at length about this. And she was like, (laughs) she sees me every week. And she was like, I don't, she was like, I would tell you. And I, I don't think you look any different. Yeah. And she was like, I want you to consider that that sometimes when we look in the mirror, what we see is how we feel on the inside. We don't yeah. actually look like that. Yes, yes, yes. I, 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 I wholeheartedly agree with your therapist. And so I was trying to, I was trying to like step back and be like, is she right? Do I, you know, I was going back and sort of looking at pictures, but we're not objective even when we look at pictures because, you know, we have a connection to ourselves, hopefully where we can sort of see Mm -hmm. the pain in our eyes or, you know, whatever it is that we can see. But her just saying that to me when I came in, I mean, I really was like not fishing for compliments. I mean, this was therapy. I was really trying to be like, look at me, look how terrible I look. And she was like, no, you look exactly the same. And I was like, no. <laughs> but it was because I was feeling really terrible. Yeah. And I, it was, to me, it was like seeping out of my pores and yeah. like every, in every inch, you know, even yeah. my, ma- I, even, I told her, even my makeup looks bad. She was like, I don't, no, like that's not true. Yeah. You're just seeing what you're feeling. And honestly, it has stuck with me so much because I've been thinking about all these different ways in which I'm not objective. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we're not objective as a as a culture. And like as we talk about this, because I started to talk about weight, which I think is a, a slippery slope. And I have a lot of, as I said, thoughts on weight. We do have an issue and a crisis in a certain way about being overweight in this country. I don't want to say that we aren't. On the other hand, I don't want to blame people that are overweight and act as if it's somehow their fault. That's not really the point. The point is like. What are you doing with and in your body? And is it making you happy? And I feel like many times the only way in which we talk about our bodies 
especially in this culture, is in a good body is thin or muscular and a bad body is not. And we have to be so cruel to ourselves to motivate ourselves to do something with our body. There's very little talk about starting things for the joy of it, for the fun of it, for the exploration of it. It becomes very goal-oriented and very much focused on the body being a problem instead of the body being a joy and a gift. Like the great possibility of your body and the privilege of having a body. No matter what that body looks like, happens to be, the level of functionality, the great privilege of having one and it being your only and greatest possession and and really looking at it that way. Mm -hmm. We don't do that. So sometimes for me, a January can be a harder time because it's just not the way that I look at the body. I look at the body as it's a magnificent thing and it has so much to teach us and offer us and give us. There's so much more to life when you choose to fully incorporate your body into your own life. And that is the point. That's a great journey to start on. You know, not necessarily I ate so many cookies and I feel bad about myself and I need to do a Stairmaster because I don't think human beings do well with being motivated by shame. It's not every day that you find a product that you truly love and want to shout about from the rooftops. Well, friends, I have found something that I am genuinely excited to share with you today, and that is Born Shoes. Born Shoes are made with the best top quality leather with functional stitching and flexibility. They are lightweight, but they're also supportive. They are great for all casual occasions, extremely comfortable, and especially good for travel. The brand recently gifted me a pair of the Ithaca style sandals. Of course, they are beautiful. The footbed has extra foam for added comfort and with a slight heel for lift. I am positive that I could walk all over London in this pair of shoes, just like I did in my Born Sandals last summer. Born Shoes offers sandals, flats, boots, and heels in several styles and color choices. Take comfort in Born Shoes. Every season, they make high-quality shoes that feel as good as they look. With artistic touches, unparalleled craftsmanship, and exquisite materials, Born designs shoes to satisfy the demands of every lifestyle. Go to bornshoes.com for a 15% discount plus free ground shipping on all full-price shoes when you use my promo code TELL. That's born, B-O-R-N, shoes, S-H-O-E-S, dot com and use promo code TELL, T-E-L-L, for 15% off and free shipping. Available exclusively to our listeners for a limited time. With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating, and yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full-body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben free. It is also pH balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. 
Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T, Dot com and use code you y-o-u no and self-criticism is self-perpetuating mm-hmm. like it just it spills into every aspect if you criticize yourself for eating too many cookies you are also probably criticizing yourself for not cleaning the house enough or for oh, yeah. you know messing up and yelling at your kids or you know i mean you're and i say this as a person who's very very self-critical and i have to work on it because it isn't motivating. And for a long time, I thought it was because I thought, you know, people in my life who who aren't very self-critical, I think they could use a little self <laughs> Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> but as I'm like trying to evolve, I'm realizing, no, positive talk, joy, leaning into the joy of my body is more motivating than any of the other things. We are almost to the three-year mark of me starting Pilates. I know. Can you believe it? I know. And it was a beginning of the year journey for me, actually. I started at end of January, beginning of February of 2016. And I can't remember. It's funny because I've talked about this with so many people in so many different ways. And I feel like I've given a different reason for starting Pilates to everyone. Like, I'm like, it was this reason. It was that reason. No, (laughs) I was going through this. Like, Mm -hmm. I have, like, all these different reasons I started. Whatever. All of those are true. But... All of the things, all the confluence of events that that came into my life that made me finally call and make an appointment with you, they were all tied to the fact that I didn't feel good in my body. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know why I wasn't overweight. Yeah. I had some pains. I had some weakness from childbirth. I had an old ankle injury. I have some wonky shoulder. But I didn't have like, you know, a big major thing Mm -hmm. but literally from the first session and I think it had to be someone else you I I I, it's really hard to discover this on your own or at least it would have been for Mm -hmm. me I had to have someone say to me you know you you're not in your body yeah so I guess I want to talk about two things one I kind of want you to share what you saw in my body because I just think it's a lesson for everyone because I think mm-hmm. a million jillion women in their 30s after they've had children are in the same spot I was. Yeah. And also, like, I didn't even know I was disconnected from my body when when we started working together because I didn't know what that even meant. That doesn't even make sense to me. So, like, how, how would one know if they were connected or disconnected from their body? And then what you saw in my pretty typical mom body (laughs) you have a body and you're a mom that's typical okay (laughs) it's not a typical mom body but you know what I mean I understand what you mean but like that conversation is the conversation that I was like your your body created two human beings your body has been a home for life to grow inside of like that is not a typical mom body that is a that is a, a a remarkable achievement and we are like, oh, look at this thing that I was kind of left with that I've neglected. And that's just, it's just not how I look at the body. I, you know, that's part of this conversation. 
I know, you're right. And words matter. Yeah. I just, what I meant was sort of just like, I didn't have any sort of extreme weirdo issue. I sort of had like some very sort of stereotypical issues. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, you had, on the outside, in your physical body, you had some stereotypical issues, you know, which is like, you've lived to a certain point, you've lived a certain way. And these are the things that the body has picked up along the way due to the way you have lived in it and used it, right? And that's that's a journey that a lot of people that you're saying go on, right? And so how do people how do people know like first step is I am not, you know, in my body to its best capacity? What how do you know that? There is a moment where we all say, I feel bad. It comes from a place of a feeling. And we disassociate that in our culture, which is you've either put your pants on and they're uncomfortable. You've gone to bend down and something doesn't work. But then we use our eyes and we're like, I don't like the way that looks rather than I don't like that feeling. And if we can get into what is it about the feeling rather than I look bad and say, I'm having a feeling that I'm not comfortable with because I don't think it's a good thing to be like, I feel bad. You're not comfortable with it. Why don't you feel comfortable? And that's really that moment. That's that moment where we can choose to berate ourselves and sign ourselves up for every outlandish diet under the world and buy a million classes someplace and and do some things and and really be like, I'm going to be proactive about this. Or we can be contemplative about things and say, I'm having a thought. And my thought is that I am, I'm bad. Something feels bad. And going back to that thought and saying like, what is it that I don't feel confident in? Where did I lose the ease in my body? Or when was the last time I felt as if I was fully inhabiting my body? And looking about that and saying like, when did I neglect the relationship with my body? That, that's a better conversation to start with yourself. And how do you get back to the place where you and your body are on the same page? Well, and how do you? I think you start right there. That's the first question is like, because there are people, many people out there too, who are on the other spectrum of this. We're sort of talking about this in terms of a January situation, which is, you know, in the atypical, let's lose weight, let's get in shape. There are other people out there who are blindly in shape. And, you know, one of your other podcasts talked about eating disorders. It's also a disconnection Mm -hmm. with the body. So this goes all the way around, which is like, I'm uncomfortable in this skin. And the first question of that is like, why am I uncomfortable in this skin? Because if you're uncomfortable in your skin because you're getting messages from outside yourself that your body isn't good, then is that really what the voice inside of you is saying? Versus, no, I don't feel good in this skin. And looking at that and saying, okay, if I don't, what would help me? And the size of your thighs does not necessarily make you more comfortable inside your skin. It's, that's just the wrong way to go about it. Um, seeing what your thighs are capable of doing and how to use them fully and the absolute miracle that is your leg, that is sort of more what I'd hope people would go for. If you're completely disconnected, truthfully, if you're unhappy in any way, shape, or form, we're disconnected. Your body and your brain can only experience each other together they're not separate things we make them separate things they are they are integrated things and the journey of the brain and the body 
together is really what makes up life. You can't have one without the other. And so getting them to work together better is a more fruitful conversation rather than once I get fit, I won't be depressed. Once I'm depressed, I'll be fit. Instead of realizing things like exercise in many cases is just as, and I don't say this like, oh, don't, if you're, if you're depressed or you're sad, you know, see someone, talk to someone. That is the number one thing you should do. But we know that exercise helps with depression. We know it. We know it helps with anxiety. In many cases, it's more effective than other treatments. And that's, or as, or in conjunction with it. I'm not a doctor by any means. But right. we know that exercise in many forms is, is really helpful. We're just starting to look at all of those things all the way around. And there are so many stories that you hear of people who got very fit and they still had all their problems. Yeah. Or, or, you know, the opposite is true. Like I do think sometimes often I'll only speak for myself, but anecdotally, I know it to be true that your body can be a reflection of your mental state. So if you're depressed, Mm -hmm. you wear that on your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People can see it. Mm hmm. So when I wandered in, mm-hmm. I mean, something was really off, but I didn't, I don't have any history of exercise or athleticism or anything, which is, you know, partly I just wasn't tuned into that frequency. First of all, I was very, very weak. I was, I've said this on social media. I've said this everywhere I can, because I really want to be candid about when I started Pilates, I couldn't do a single sit up. I was just so weak everywhere. I couldn't do anything. But when we did start to work, you would show me, you would make me look. You'd be like, look at the muscle shaking. You know, my muscle Mm -hmm. would be shaking and I couldn't feel it. Yeah. I was like, I don't, I see it shaking. Mm -hmm. I see what you're talking about, but like, I don't feel anything. I'm very numb. Mm -hmm. You walked in and you were not overweight. You didn't have a particularly bad issue that needed to be addressed right then and there. And so... It was like, but here's this thing that you could do. And maybe we work on what the could is. We're in the possibility. I remember you said I was like a block with arms and legs or something. I can't remember. (laughs) Like there was so much clogged in the middle. Like I can't remember how you said it. but Yeah. And now that you've said that, I don't remember how I said it either. But um, there was. It was almost like you were a knot in the middle of your body. And you had some activity out in your fingers and your feet, but everything else didn't want to be in the world. You were almost like a turtle. Like, like everything was sort of hard in the middle and your, your legs and your arms were willing to come out, but everything else was very rigid. And for you and your kind of body, there was just the feet and the hands just were the only thing that was kind of willing to do most of the work for you. And I think one of the things that made you pick up the phone and call me, though, was that Jill said, I have a person and there was an invitation to come and explore. And a lot of people stop finding or don't look for. And I think this is why the gym fills up and then and then dumps out, which is that they don't get the invitation to come to the table. So should we consider this people's invitation? Yes, I hope so. I hope so. I really think I've had a lot of emotional shifts in the last few years. And I honestly think that reconnecting with my body, even though it was slow going at first, it took me a long time, but just putting one foot in front of the other, showing up for my appointments, meeting my body for the first time in a long time, 
opened up a lot of avenues for me that I had closed doors on. And I'm talking emotional and spiritual. So like I started to, and I didn't, I didn't realize that these things were connected at first because you don't always, but now that I can look back a few years, I can be like, oh, when I started to reconnect with my body is when I also started to remember some stuff from my childhood that I needed to remember. Around the same time that I was connecting with my body, I also got some real clarity on how I felt about some things in my family. I mean, truly, like even like some political and spiritual beliefs, they all started to shift when I started being in my body. Like I was able to keep so many areas of my life compartmentalized and what I believed and what this narrative about my childhood was and you know, what my personality type is, is unchanging Mm -hmm. and it's this and that and the other thing. I kept all those things, all of these things in compartments. When I reconnected with my body, it was like all those compartments (laughs) opened up Mm -hmm. and started communing with each other. Mm -hmm. So like my body started to be like, do we really believe this anymore? And my body started to be like, are you holding on to this grudge? And is it showing up as pain? Mm-hmm. Um, and all of these things that I was embarrassed to talk about because it sounds kind of woo-woo if you've never talked about it before. I didn't ask for it. I didn't like be like, I'm now going to start a spiritual path. Yeah. I didn't. I needed mm-hmm. to start like mm-hmm. a body path because I had some body things that were I was uncomfortable in. The body path opened up the spiritual path. Yes. Yes. Body, mind, spirit. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the first things I want to talk about that you said, you're like, it took a long time. It it didn't. That's what it takes. To create change always takes time. Well, it felt like a long time for me. Like, I I think I couldn't, when I did that first sit up Mm -hmm. by myself and like the whole studio cheered and it was very exciting that a 30 something year old woman could finally do a sit up. I mean, I feel like that was months in. Wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, but it's not so much the sit up, right? Because then we're thinking about terms of strength, which is like to me, I sat there and I went, you just got, you talked to your entire body, you got a series of muscles to work in conjunction and do it with awareness, flow, centering, concentration, balance. Like there's so much going into that. But the sit up was spiritual. It wasn't achieved. It wasn't, you could tell this story like it was achievement based. It was not achievement based. I mean, I burst into tears because like I did a sit up because it wasn't achievement in the traditional sense, but you did a roll up. Whatever I did. (laughs) I set my body up on its own. (laughs) Yes. 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 But for me, it was there was this thing that I couldn't do and now I can do, do it. it. Yes. And it was like, yes. Okay. So I understand what you're saying there, but, but the reason it takes a long time is it isn't just a thing, get to the end of it, do it and achieve it. It's that it actually takes a lot. It does take a long time to learn it, but once you learn it, it's there. That's really what it is. So it wasn't like it took you forever. It was a long journey it just, it's a new skill set. It's like learning a new language, you know? And that's, I think, part of the reason why it works. It's you're learning how to be conversational with your body. And when I was able to do it, part of the reason that it was spiritual was not only because there's this thing I couldn't do and now I can do it. It was because I knew that I had had put in the work to do it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And that was a big connection for me of like, oh, now we're walking down a whole different path. But a lot of my life, I've expected myself to just be able to do things. And yeah. people who aren't naturally able to do things, you know, probably shouldn't be doing them. <laughs> like, you know, you're either yeah. good at something or you yeah, aren't. Yeah, I get it. Thing. I get that. So to do this thing that I didn't consider myself to be naturally good at, but to work on and then be able to do it. I mean, this is a lesson we should learn in kindergarten, but for somehow this one skipped me. And so to actually like be like, oh, I've worked on this thing and now I can do it. And it's not skill-based and it's not genetic or, you know, God handed out the Pilates talent or he didn't. This is a thing I worked on. Yes. Yes. And it was amazing. Yes. And and it's available to all of us, right? Yes, yes. It's available to all of us. When we have these conversations in a January to start over, what we're really addressing is fear and shame and sort of dislike of ourselves and disownment of our own bodies. And we think that we're going to get those things by losing weight and being super disciplined and cruel to ourselves instead of being open towards the possibility of what your body has to teach you regardless of the size or shape you're in at the moment. I'm Laura Tremaine and you've just listened to the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. You can find the show notes and subscribe to episode emails at 10thingstotellyou.com slash podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. Thanks for listening. Now go share something.